Nora Speaks is a weekly podcast that tugs at the soul and consciousness of the Black community. With show topics such as youth empowerment, education, women's impact, and civic engagement, Nora Speaks challenges the listener to not only join the movement, but be the movement. On the show, you'll learn from insightful guests who have demonstrated capacity in these fields and more, and I'm your host, Nora Muhammad. Welcome to the show. They let me still hire Mm -hmm. the guys from the jail, work release. Wonderful. And I've never, as long as I did it, all of them that walk around and see me now, and they tell people she was the best employer I ever had. And I have, none of them have ever went back. Because I, and they say, they tell me that showed them a better life. But Mm -hmm. I tell people it's you and what you want out of it. All you need is some direction and somebody has some hope and faith in you. My guest this episode is Miss Mona Pryor. Miss Mona is a business consultant and the manager of the Market Street Group based in Camden, New Jersey. Through the Market Street Group, Miss Mona manages multiple businesses, including tax preparation services, Quarters Express, financial planning, business planning, real estate investment, as well as the original cafe and bistro. Oh, you can also get a DNA or paternity test while waiting for your fruit smoothie. It is truly a one-stop shop located in the revitalized downtown Camden. The Wall Street Journal said of Miss Mona that she might be the hardest working woman in Camden County. She does it all while recovering from a recurring aneurysm, which has required eight surgeries since 2008. I met, I met Miss Mona by chance, and as it happened, I was drawn by her personal story and by how she is committed to helping others who some think are beyond help. Miss Mona assists ex-offenders, those struggling through drug or alcohol recovery, and the homeless in need of shelter. But she is not a charity. She is a truth teller, and she provides real training, resources, and useful information. Miss Mona has changed many lives, and it was my pleasure to invite her to be a guest on the Nora Speaks podcast to share with me and you what she believes it takes to change our community one person at a time. Make sure you check out the show notes to learn more about how you can be served by Miss Mona or assist her in serving others. Without any further ado, my interview with Miss Mona Cryer. Welcome to another edition of the Nora Speaks podcast. I have the pleasure to be joined here with me, Miss Mona Pryor. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so glad to have you here. Uh, Miss Mona and I, for those who are listening, we met. Um, I've been coming in the coffee shop, you know, here and there, but we actually had a conversation about two or three weeks ago. Um, and I just, just talking with you, um, I was sucked in by the stories that you shared, by the compassion that you have for the people that you work with, for the young people. Um, and just listening to you talk and the spirit with which you serve others, I decided that although I came in here on other business, I wanted to make sure that I could get you as a guest on the podcast so that other people could hear from you. Thank so, you. So, um, Miss Wanda, you want to tell the audience about yourself? Okay, well, I have, um, my name is Mona. 
I have a few businesses that I run. I own a cafe, Original Cafe and Bistro. I run five other businesses in this building. To name a few, Hoarders Express, I do taxes, business consulting, financial consulting. I'm more of a second chance opportunity person. Mm -hmm. I like working with the community and I, for some reason, really like working with those that others won't work with. Because mm. I do believe in giving people second chances. Wonderful. And in my area that I work, we have the methadone clinic, we have the homeless, right. we have people getting out of prison, um, we have people in halfway houses, and we have people that look down on them. And I'm a strong believer, and if you have not walked in their shoes, then you should not judge. So, you know, you run across the bad ones, but you also run across the good ones. And a lot of times, if people take the chance, they realize that out, the good does outweigh the bad Absolutely. in these people. So I do a lot of that. I do a lot of that with hiring, training. Um, I like going out into the community, helping people. I don't know what it is. I just like helping people. <laughs> I am a resource of information. Yes. It is not too much that you can call me, and if I don't know, I'm going to research it. I went through entrepreneurial training. My instructor ended up leaving, starting his own entrepreneurial training with me as his partner. And even when he was doing it at La Ada, he was still sending everybody to me like she's the greatest research person there is. I like to know. I go visit, I do a lot of events, I do a lot of presentations. Mm -hmm. I like, I'm not a speaker, but if it's going to help the people and someone mm -hmm. asks me to, I will speak, attempt to speak. Yes. But that's just who I am. I so, so Ms. Moon, if I could just jump in. So the community that you serve is and and your cafe is pretty much in the in the heart of Camden, New Jersey, downtown Camden. Um, and as you said, you know, there's the methadone clinic here. There's the um, homeless population, um, the needy population that kind of stream through the city. Um, and in the middle of this, right across from City Hall, is the cafe where you run all of these businesses um, that you talked about. So yes. early on in life, did you see yourself becoming a businesswoman? Well, I was told over and over that I should. Yes, I thought I would be. I've had my little businesses I set up on the side. And it's funny because early on, as you said, they were all about helping people. Mm -hmm. I have a registered business called CARES. I haven't done anything with Community Assisted Resource Education and Elderly Services. Mm. I also registered one called WORK. Women Offender Reentry Kickoff mm. Program, where I wanted to work with women to get them back into society and help them get their kids back into their lives. Right. So I haven't had a chance, or I didn't proceed because I was too many going going into many other directions. I've had, oh my goodness, I don't want to name names, but some of the best of them out here that has programs yeah. helping people come in and get me to attend mm -hmm. certain things, to be a part of certain things. So I found myself going that direction. Wonderful. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, you, you run all of these businesses. Um, you have staff. There are young people that you train. There are uh, um, ex-offenders that you train. 
Um, there are um, those who are uh, working towards sobriety that you work with, um, Ms. Mona, and that requires a very um, uh, unique set of skills and skill set and uh, even even character and disposition. Because yes. as you said, there you know there are some people in in our community and in our population that others would rather discard. Yes. You know, but in that you see beyond the issue or beyond the struggle and you see that person. So what in your life has kind of positioned you to be able to recognize, you know, those special unique traits in a person that 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 lets you know that this person has potential and you know how to get to it. I've had my troubles with the law. Mm-hmm. So in the process of me going through what I went through and I had never been in trouble before. I got in trouble, of course. I'm, I, I don't hide behind anything. It's as if, and I tell my story a lot, but it's like I did the crime, I did the time, which I didn't do much, but yeah. <laughs> I did. And in the process of doing it, I realized a lot of things because even when they brought me out, let's say on the ISP program, mm-hmm. I'm supposed to be on a program. And you guys are utilizing me to help others that are that are coming out, yeah. uh, clothing the young ladies so that they can get jobs. Right. Once off the program, they want me sponsoring people that didn't have family in the mm-hmm. area in mm-hmm. order for them to be able to come home. Yeah. But they said they could never give me a job because I had a record. So that was a challenge. I, I don't don't tell me what I can't do. <laughs> I got issues. <laughs> so my main thing was I went um, and applied for a state job mm-hmm. because Christy Whitman and everyone said that I could not do it. Right. Um, Christy Whitman, who's the former governor, governor of New Jersey. Yes. And she said that in place, if you ever have a felony, you will never be able to work for the state. You can never do this, that. I don't believe in that. Mm-hmm. So in the process, I applied through a... Um, temp agency Mm. I went in there and I showed them everything I had I put my oil into that job to a point where they begged them to hire me to the point where my supervisor called and said crying they're going to hire you they're going to get you the job I had to go to the state and one thing I say don't lie on your applications don't lie I go to the state put everything down and they didn't look at not one thing. They just smiled, laughed, was happy to have me aboard. Yeah. So I did become a state worker. Got off the ISP. They had me on probation to pay off a fine. They sent me to the probation office. That day I'm dressed in a suit with my state ID. They thought <laughs> I was there for a job. Right. <laughs> ah, sorry. I'm on the program. Yeah. But I acquired a lot of friends through probation. Matter of fact, my travel agent used to be my probation officer. Me mm. and her, it's real cool. Like, I, and I know that it's your determination. It's your desire to succeed. Right. That, that's going to make it. And I trained a lot of the guys that used to be drug dealers. I showed them what to do with their skills. Mm. I hired guys, even though I was in the jail, on ISP before, on that um, smack, slap, whatever, slap program. Yeah. I don't pay no money. And all of that, they let me still hire mm-hmm. the guys from the jail, work right. release. 
Wonderful. And I've never, and as long as I did it, all of them that walk around and see me now, and they tell people she was the best employer I ever had. Yeah. And I have, none of them have ever went back. Because mm. I, and they say, that, they tell me that showed them a better life. But mm. I tell people, it's you and what you want out of it. All you need is some direction and somebody has some hope and faith in you. Yeah, I think I think that is an excellent point right there. Just to to pause to pause that because you know, Miss Mona, a lot of our young people who they're misguided or they're looking for validation, and mm. if sometimes if we don't get it at home, you know, we think the streets will give it to us, and so we make a mistake, and now we're locked up. Um, and sometimes we think, or the system makes us think that after a mistake. You know, it's over for us. We're disposable. And we don't see hope in ourselves. And I think the fact that you will take these um, young men and young women and, you know, maybe for the first time in their lives, let them know that somebody sees something inside of you or inside of me that I I didn't recognize. Because sometimes Mm -hmm. we need someone else to believe in us greater than we believe in ourselves. And it sounds like that's what you're doing. Yes. And, you know, people like I. I had just met this gentleman. I got him working over here. He just calls me boss lady. Mm-hmm. He wants a hug every morning. He hasn't had anyone since he's gotten in trouble that thought that he could ever get out of trouble and be somebody. And I'm the only person he's ever talked to that gave him that inspiration. Mm-hmm. You know, and he's like, I'm, I just get it from you. I just have to. And the guys down there say, you keep saying boss lady. Mm-hmm. You working down here for us. Like, she's my boss lady. She got me here and she's giving me that inspiration to go further. And yes, I have to stay with that. So <laughs> nice. that's all it takes. Yeah. yeah, And, and that's why I, I wanted to talk to you because, you know, as you know, before we actually became live recording this, I, I talked about this that you do. We all have our own ministry, you know, and I've heard it said before that, um, we should make our mess our message, yes. you know, and because then we're coming from a place of um, of knowledge, you know, we're coming from a place of experience and we can take some of what we've learned and use it to help others avoid some of the mistakes that we've, we've made ourselves or recover from some of the mistakes that we've and, made ourselves. And that's so true because the one thing I despise about certain things over here in Jersey is because... If you have somebody that's actually done these things and you have mm-hmm. them working with people in those situations, they can see their yes. hope in you. Right. And that is very inspiring for them. Mm. But over here, because they tried to get me over there to help somebody, and I refused because that person didn't have any knowledge. Mm. That person was more into locking them up than criticizing them. Right. So there was no way she could bring them up. And you weren't going to use my skills to try to get her to do that. I think even with drug programs over in Philly, if you're a recovering addict, they allow you to become a social worker. Mm. And it does work. You know, or if you've been incarcerated, they allow you to go in that jail and work. And it does work. Because now they feel more comfortable dealing with someone that's been through what they've been through. Right. And right. letting them see, like I'm told all the time, you give somebody a lot of hope because not only have I been there, I've had 10 brain surgeries. Right. I, you know, I wanted to 
I wanted to talk about that too because you know, quite frankly, Miss Mona, you're a story of resilience as well. You know, um, and you know, you shared a little bit about your you know your health challenges with me. Um, I'm not sure how much you want to get into that, but to to have you know overcome even that and and to continue to serve in the way that you do. I mean, I come here and I see I see you moving. I see yeah. you moving. I see you training. Never I see you. Stop. You know, you you, you don't yes. stop. And I think, like I said, I had the 10 brain surgeries. The first one was a major brain bleed, uh, aneurysms. I was on life support for two weeks. Mm. They told my mother that I would not make it. And if I did, I would not have full use mm-hmm. of my faculties. Because aneurysm is a serious condition, and yes. a lot of people don't recover fully. Exactly. Yeah. And... I came around ready to go. Can I do this? I wanted to do that. <laughs> and I've had them. I've had the 58 clamps at a time, peel backs. I come to work, scars, haircut. Yeah. I just keep moving. I didn't give into it. And right now, I went through the cancer scare with the nodule in the lung. Mm-hmm. Um, they, I had a lump in my breast. Yeah. But I know I had lost my daughter recently to breast cancer. And... They wanted to check it. So I didn't flinch. Yeah. And, like, and the people that were with me that was flinching, my mother and my girlfriend, I'm like, no, don't claim this on me. That's right. I'm cystic. I said, and furthermore, y'all got to understand, I have a restraining order against the devil. I like that. I said, you can't touch me. I said, he because that man did not bring me this far to leave me now. Right. He brought me a long way. Yes. And I have full use of everything, and I have nine titanium coils in my head. And wow. when I tell you, people wow. say, you remember everything? Yes. And sometimes mm. my boss back here says, I need me some of them titanium <laughs> coils. Because <laughs> I yeah. don't forget anything. Yeah. And so after going through that, when I went, the doctors were like, I said, do what you got to do. Yeah. I said, and they thought it was cute, restraining order against the devil, but y'all can't tell me nothing because mm-hmm. y'all don't say doctors that said I shouldn't be here. Right. That I wasn't going to live. Right. See, I got a higher power, mm-hmm. and I'm rolling with that because I'm blessed, and I stake out my blessings. And so that's how I look at life. So he kept me here for a reason. Sometimes I may get caught up a lot, like my mother and them say, I swear I could help the world. Mm-hmm. I swear I could take care of you, but look at the blessings. Yeah. So I don't think that anybody or anything out there is worth my blessings. I don't go through no whole bunch of craziness. And it's funny because I always say that he kept me here for a reason, and I think I get myself caught up sometimes. And don't get me wrong, all my life my family said, I want to help everybody. I'm never going to have nothing. Don't nobody help me. And I used to say, I get my blessings. I may not get them in material things, right. but I get my blessings. Right. So once coming out of life support, the way I came out, mm-hmm. and my doctors always say, because she don't stop. But my mom and them say it now, and I just look at them and smile and say, yeah, but look at the blessings. That's right. And I keep it moving. So I just think that I have to sometimes catch myself because I'll be like, I was kept here for a reason. I'm not sure what the reason is. <laughs> so I get caught up sometimes in thinking, you know what, let me do this because you know what, that might be that reason. Right, yes. So yeah. that's where sometimes I get a little over caught up. But well, you know, I think okay. it, it benefits so many, and... 
you know, there's 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 no reason, there's no excuse, you know, and mm-hmm. and for for a a woman to have come through all that you have and to not make an excuse, none of us, no. you know, none of us need to waste our time mm-hmm. with excuses. And to me, you're just such a a beautiful example, and and I'm sure that the young people that you work with, one of the things that they value uh, with you, Ms. Mona, is your authenticity. Mm-hmm. You know, because one, you don't sugarcoat it. Right. Right. I mean, <laughs> I, you don't sugarcoat anything. <laughs> you know, you, you tell it like it is. Yeah. And, and and that sincerity mm-hmm. is, is palpable. You can sense when someone is sincere and when they're sincere, you know that they're really talking to you. Mm-hmm. They're not talking to the image of you. They're not talking to your mistakes. They're not talking to your past. They're talking to you yes. and how uh, we can, you know, use whatever it is that Miss Mona is sharing with us and kind of navigate our, our next steps. Yeah, and that's like I never also want to stagnate my employees where I want you to get locked. I don't want you to get locked into a one-dimensional job or mm-hmm. a dead-end job because there are so many great possibilities out there for you. And people think I fire a lot of people or get rid of It's not really that. And I just smile because I'm always losing. But I always, if I see an advancement possibility for you, I'm going to let you know about it. You're kicking them and out I'm the nest. And I'm going to assist you yeah. in getting it. Yeah. You know, and I don't have a problem with that. Oh, well, mm-hmm. I'll do it to the next person come along. Mm-hmm. But I always want to see the young people grow, and I'm going to help them. Yeah. So that's how I look at that. That's wonderful. So um, just some of the, the businesses that you have here on Market Street. Um, and the address, it's 529 Market. Yes. 529 Market Street in Camden, New Jersey. There's the, the, co- the cafe coffee shop. You can come get the coffee. You can come get a Danish, a breakfast sandwich, lunch sandwich. Um, you can come back to the office. Uh, you can get your specialty coffees. We got fresh ground coffee beans. We got hand-dipped ice cream. Delicious smoothies. Smoothies, water ices, breakfast and lunch all day. And what they said in the Wall Street Journal, the convenience is you can also come back here and take care of your business. That's right. Facts, notary, yes. uh, get your taxes done, yes. or whatever. Yes, because you were featured in the Wall Street Journal about the great work that you're doing here in the city. In addition to that, you have the hoarder service. And I remember when I talked to you before, one of the wonderful features about the hoarder service is you're contracted to come in and help families stay together. So how mm-hmm. how do you how are how are you able to do that? Well, it's funny I have one sitting here right now. <laughs> um, hoarders, we are we do a lot of work. We cover all of the state in New Jersey, but we do a lot of work for child protective services. Mm-hmm. So we have a, a lot of homes that the conditions are so horrific that the kids can't stay in the homes. Mm-hmm. So we go in, we do the estimate, we um, offer the service. The state will pay us to go in and clean the home up. And even we even find we'll do consultations with them to try to train them on keeping it clean mm-hmm. so that the kids can stay in the home because it's mm-hmm. cheaper to keep them in the home than it is to place them in foster care. Okay. So we'll go in and we'll clean and we'll do, I mean, we do all of the state of New Jersey. But the problem, the biggest problem where I've pushed our service a step further, where I, we go to the, like, staff meetings for all the counties. 
and we do presentations based on the services we offer. And what I have found out is these social workers, caseworkers, or whatever they care to be called, they don't really, it's with a lot of jobs, they're just about the paycheck, yeah, and they right. don't really care. But a lot of them don't even realize the extent of the living conditions of these kids. Because mm. once they get to that front door and their little prima donna attitudes come on, they're not going any further. Right. So how are you going to judge them just off a of sight on one room? Right. I said, and it's not fair to no one else. So now we've established a service where there's a service fee, but we will go into the home. Mm. We will take pictures of everything that you don't even see, right. that you don't even have a knowledge of the bathroom being right. unusable or yeah. anything like that because you refuse to go any further right. to help your client. So we offer that service, and then we work with the Hoarders Initiative in mm -hmm. Philly. We do adult protective services. Mm -hmm. And we do a lot of work with OCDs, people with disabilities, mm -hmm. Alzheimer's. I have a case in front of me where they know the lady has money. So they want you to build, write the house up, go out, see what you can do. Send us a bill. Oh, we know it's court order. Call me. Oh, I need it right away because the kids are out of the home. They're in hotels. And in order to get their kids back, the house got to be clean. So you send the bill. The client text emails me and says, they're not, the state's not going to pay to get the work done. So can you please give me a price so y'all can mm -hmm. rip this carpet up and get some of this clutter out so I can get my kids back? So, yeah, I was going to ask so, you, is, are there any instances where sometimes you bypass the people who call you in? And because, you, like you said, you know, hoarding um, that behavior is, it's a disorder. It's, it's, a, it's a, you know, mental health issue. Yes. And so do you ever move past the contracting agency and invo get involved <laughs> with the family? Oh, goodness. I should <laughs> never say that. <laughs> I do because for me, and I say it a lot, I research and I see if they don't want to pay for it, and I know these families can't pay for it. Yeah. I'm going to find somebody that's going to help you and pay for it. Mm -hmm. I have a list of resources where I can have you contact. I can't contact for, for you. you. Right. And I can have you contact them, mm -hmm. and they will pay for and it. And see, this is what I'm talking about, Ms. Mona, those next steps that you're able to advise somebody. And even you then give consultations and classes Mm -hmm. to families on how to maintain a clean home. Yes, and then with the other one is I ran a, I, well, I'm a property manager. It's for a fourplex. That's mm -hmm. it. And the funny part, my boss, the owner, does not like it, but I rent to young ladies and families that are in the shelters. Mm. I don't work to nobody else. <laughs> I help them get out the shelter. Yeah. Then I explain to them how we're going to get welfare or social services to pay your rent, right. pay your security. And once they do that, I say, make sure they give you that voucher because they got to give you a voucher for furniture. Mm -hmm. So, And then if they get behind in the rent after six months, welfare may stop. 
then I got places in my apartments in Gloucester County. I'm in Camden County. I know everywhere in Gloucester County they're going to get help to pay their rent. Right. And I'm going to send them there to get right. their utilities paid, rent paid. Yeah. And I help them. Before I will evict them, I'm yeah. going to try to use every avenue I can to keep you and your family out the street or from going back in there. Now, if you choose not to follow it, then right. you're on your own. Right. And, and you know, this one, I think that that's so key because for many young women, young young ladies, girls, there's a, a disconnect or a gap from uh, all of the knowledge and education and skill development that we should get from our mothers and our grandmothers. And it's various reasons, if it's incarceration or drug addiction or poverty, you know, there's a gap there where a lot of times young women aren't given those um, those skills or even given the support. And so sometimes they end up in the system where they have children early and they don't really know how to take care of them. So you're talking about bringing young ladies out of the shelter and holding them by their hand and walking them through the process. And I had a sister turn on me. I guess it was in reference to the Kimar. I don't know what I said, but I helped you get your place. Mm. Um, I walked you through everything, and even the caseworker was like that. You're a blessing because she's been in that shelter for nine months. Wow. And she's really been putting effort to get out of it. I said, well, I got her. She's out. And immediately, you have a boyfriend that moves in. Mm. And immediately, he changes your whole lifestyle and then passes judgment on me and then immediately return on me. Mm. So I'm not going to feed into that because I know I did. Right. You're not worth my blessing. I know I did my due diligence. And the sad part was two weeks later she came to me crying like they cut my services. She don't know how she's going to pay rent. Mm. You know, and I try to explain to this young sister, you moved a man in with you that he left you in a shelter for nine months. Right. And, and you and you see that, and you see right. our young people get preyed on. Exactly, our young ladies are preyed upon. Even our our young men are preyed upon. Exactly. So I said, sister, you got to get it together. You got to learn to do and love you first. Right. Because evidently this person's not assisting you or you wouldn't be gone. So I'm going to send you where you need to go. But I'm going to promise you that I can't keep assisting you if you allow him to take advantage of opportunities I'm trying to help you with. Right. I'm not going to do it. Right. right. I'm, not enab- I'm not an enabler. Yes. That's the only thing I won't be. Right. No. And, 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 and we need that because we enable family members sometimes. Yes. We let them stay home when they... You know, sometimes need to, you know, um, feel the cold. Sometimes we can't always hold them. And they have to, you know, whatever their rock bottom is, whatever it is for them, sometimes we have to let them, you know, get there. Just, mm, you're bringing up a situation I'm going through right Mm. now. And after I was at the wedding, and I, my goddaughter, somebody I met when I was locked up from New York years ago (laughs) in the 90s, they didn't like the New York accent. Everybody in there wanted to beat her up. I wouldn't let it happen. But she had uh, attached herself to me. She's her only child. Mm. No family here. Everything I told her to do and how to do it, she's done it. She mm. has survived here and been here like 16 years now. Wonderful. She calls me mom, but her mom and them was like, well, you good because... You're the only person since she's been around you that she got a job, she yeah. got a pl- her own place, and things like that. But, you know, I guided her, and she followed my lead. 
and this young lady with the wedding. Mm -hmm. And I have a daughter that's in caught up in this addiction so mm -hmm. bad. So mm -hmm. she's like So it's that it's that uh that tough love that that the same that you give to all your other, mm -hmm. you know, people that you help, your employees, yeah. the same thing, you know, yes. back at the house. Yes. Yeah. So you got to go. Yeah. You got two months. Yeah. I'm not that bad. Yeah. But you got to go. So she's running around with the attitude, but yeah. it's all good. Yeah. Well, you know, Ms. Wong, <laughs> I, I want to say I'm really enjoying our conversation. I think that, you know, you're a gem here in the city. And Thank I wanted you. to make sure that I, you know, I asked you to be a part of Nora Speaks as a guest because the selflessness that you use when you're helping other people is exactly what we need. The compassion that you have is exactly what we The expertise that you bring, mm -hmm. you know, because, you know, some of us have, have degrees, but a degree, mm -hmm. uh, you know, that that's not the end-all, be-all. And sometimes right. the degrees or what we think of them get in the way of our interactions right. with our people. So... I just want to thank you for this opportunity to no, join thank me you. and uh, to to allow me this opportunity to share you with others who thank may not you. know about you, who haven't walked into, you know, the cafe here at mm -hmm. 529 Market Street. But um, I see you, Miss Mona, as being the movement. You know, okay. I, I I think of, you know, people who say, you know, come on, we got to join the movement. and But I say, don't just join the movement. Be, be the movement and quite frankly everything that you're doing here it. you are the movement and I thank you for that and just as we as we close and wind down um, is there any parting advice or any words of wisdom that you want to share with any with the audience or no I just like to always let people know that never say never yes everything is possible it's what you make it it's what you put into it yes ma'am you know, just need the initiative get some goals in life go for yeah. your dreams because yeah. everything is possible yeah. and i'm a believer and if you want a cup of coffee come to 529 come see me. <laughs> <laughs> thank you yes. so much and i'll make sure miss wonder that i include links to the, all of the businesses that you operate okay. uh, make sure the uh, link to the uh, uh in the menu you know it okay. will be online so that uh you know those who listen will you know, go to it and uh, learn more about you. Yes, thank, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you again for listening to the Nora Speaks podcast. Be on the lookout for another episode coming at you fresh next week. And as always, if you want to learn more about me and the work that I do, visit my website, norazahira.com. Or if you have a listener question that you would like me to answer on air, you can email me at questions at norazahira.com. You can also follow me on Facebook at Muhammad and on Instagram at norz20. I'll be sure to include links to the above in today's show notes. If this show has value to you, please like and subscribe and share it out with family and friends. And be sure to check out previous episodes. And remember... Don't just join the movement, be the movement. Stay in peace.